absent the rule of law or when it breaks down or in the case of the United States, when it is broken down, you get a whole lot of ways things can end. They can end in the way that saved a ton of lives. A very young man named Elja Dickin, who knows how to carry, who knows how to use a weapon, who knows how to use it defensively and tactically, saved a whole bunch of lives. There's that way. There are other ways it can end. One thing that, of course, the American people need to understand is that officers are making entry into this building. Uh, they do not know where the gunman is. Uh, they are hearing gunshots. They are they are receiving gunshots. At that point, if they if they proceeded any further, not knowing where this suspect was at, um, they could have been shot. They could have been killed. Even when that goes against the law. And by the way, Texas embraces active shooter training, active shooter certification, and that that doc, that doctrine requires officers, we don't care what agency you're from, you don't have to have a leader on the scene. Every officer lines up, stacks up, goes and finds where those rounds are being fired at and keeps shooting until the subject is dead, period. And there are times then when a citizen who chooses to follow a law, a law that stands in defiance of the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, the Bill of Rights and the Constitution recognize that God Almighty gave us life. When someone murders somebody, they're stealing not just from them. They're stealing from God. God created that life. It's his to take. He also allows us to defend ourselves. Thou shalt not murder, not thou shalt not defend yourself. So there's times when citizens who are very, very able to do the right thing, to take out a murderer, they can't because government. When I finally realized what was occurring, I thought, I got him. And I reached for my purse. He was maybe 12 feet away. You know, is it possible my gun could have jammed? Sure. Is it possible I could have missed? Sure. But I can tell you I've hit much smaller targets at much greater distances. But then I realized that a couple of months earlier, I had made the stupidest decision of my life. I took my gun out of my purse and left it in my car. Because as you well know, in the state of Texas, it's sometimes a felony offense to carry a gun in your purse. So we'll explore this experiment in lawlessness and how it proves what I've always said. There's no such thing as anarchy. There's such a thing as a civil society or an uncivil society. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Soda Weight Loss is our partner of the week, so appreciate them helping people drop unwanted fat from their bodies while maintaining muscle. Sometimes, sometimes, this is my experience, you can even gain muscle when you follow the protocol. My wife is on it, uh, other loved ones, a whole bunch of people in the podcast family are on Soda Weight Loss, SodaWeightLoss.com. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of things that happen when a society's laws are attacked. 
there's this belief. It's a it's a fascinating and juvenile and silly belief um, that the people of Antifa, for instance, uh, will say that they're anarchists and the compliant mockingbird media on the West Coast in the separate country of Seattle and Portland, they pretend that Antifa are, are anarchists. And then cities like Portland give Antifa awards and money to train children on how to be Antifa. Th- th- this is not this is not an exaggeration. My friend Ari Hoffman, who is a talk radio host in in this fallen country of Seattle, has a story at the Post Millennial, um, and it follows up on a libs of TikTok piece featuring a summer camp for 10-year-olds being held in Portland, and it is run. (laughs) It's an Antifa summer camp. Antifa is a group that recently had one of their members, a leftist talk show host, um, arrested because he was apparently raping a young girl that he groomed for a number of years. And it appears that he had, uh, he'd featured her in a radio skit where he was pretending to rape a child because that's funny. But it appears that she was actually being raped. And Antifa, this isn't an accident. It's not, oh, wow, that one slipped by. These are the people Antifa recruits. It is sexual deviance. It is people who are um, have made themselves psychotic with too much drug use, violently psychotic, because these are the people they want. And when I talk about Portland being fallen, please understand, it's fallen. It's gone. There is no Portland, Oregon. Yes, there are the suburbs that are beautiful. Yes, I'm quite aware of the beautiful neighborhoods in Portland. I'm quite aware of driving down to Beaverton. And uh, I know the, the Oregon area very, very well. Uh, we used to go there four or five times a year. So I dig it. I understand, but it's gone. And you see the results. Now you have Antifa in a budding war with a motorcycle club. And it is not uncommon for these guys to go into the suburbs to attack people on their streets outside their homes because they're expanding their territory because they own the downtown core just as they own the speaker of the house in Oregon, the Democrat speaker of the house, one of her, her legislative director is Antifa, according to Andy. No. So we're experiencing lawlessness. Meanwhile, going down the coast, Gavin Newsom, who is the dictator of California, Gavin Newsom was asked about the L.A. County's, the so-called district attorney down there, who's facing a recall. Um, He is Antifa. Now, I'm not saying that he puts on a black mask and goes out and beats people and, and sprays them with bear spray and attacks cops with IEDs. I'm not saying that. He's doing the same thing. 
He's attacking the civil society that Antifa is attacking. Antifa aren't anarchists. Anarchists don't go out in support of injection diktats. Anarchists don't go out in support of speech codes. These are not anarchists. These are leftists engaged in a cultural revolution. The so-called district attorney of Los Angeles is also Antifa by attitude. He is firmly ensconched in the process of tossing criminals, not, not keeping them in, 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 in jail or in putting them in prison. We just talked this week about the Olympian young woman who was attacked, um, the NASCAR driver who was murdered. It turns out that the attacker of the young Olympian, the woman we, we played the audio from her, a guy from the DA's office was attacked by the same guy, the same assailant. So we see this in in Los Angeles. So Gavin Newsom, the dictator of California, is asked about, hey, what do you think of the performance of the district attorney in the largest city in California? Gavin Newsom said he didn't have enough information. he, He wasn't aware enough of the circumstance to comment. This would be the same Gavin Newsom who banned travel to Montana, official travel to Montana, but then went to Montana. And his excuse was, well, my family owns property there. What do you expect? This is the same Gavin Newsom who was running campaign ads in Florida, desperately trying to get Ron DeSantis to pay attention to him so that he could say, look, I'm being attacked by Ron DeSantis. Because Gavin Newsom imagines that he's going to be president one day, and he may well be. Since they got to toss the figurehead sometime, he's a, he's, he's a living nightmare for the Democrats. You even have people like Bobby Reich, Robert Reich now, saying that Biden is too old to continue to be figurehead. So there's all sorts of things that happen when you induce lawlessness. And the myth is that you're going to go through a period of anarchy. You go through a period of chaos. That's true. We're in that period now in the separate countries of Washington and Oregon and California and New York and Illinois and Minnesota. That's we're in that chaos phase right now. But it's also a fight for control. The fight for control in the separate country of Seattle is between which cartels are going to have the most control. That's the fight. You have Honduran cartels. You have Chinese cartels, Mexican cartels. Um, You have Russian cartels. Because, hey, they've thrown the doors open. They've said, um, you can sell any drug you want. We don't particularly care if you sex traffic people, um, youngsters and otherwise. We don't really care. If it's bad enough and it makes the news, we'll have to do something. We'll arrest a few people, but we don't really care because we're getting what we want, which is the destruction of this system because we want to stand on top of the system. That's what you're seeing. So... The little experiment in lawlessness continues. And something else about lawlessness, when you are hiring good cops who exist to enforce the law, those people have in mind and in character the the willingness to use force to enforce a civil society, not to go murder, not, not to go abuse, but they have the willingness to wake up in the morning and and know today I may well have to get shot and bleed out 
on a hot street corner in the sun, thirsty and dying um, before I, I pass and go to the Lord. I am willing to do that today so that my children will live in a civil society because I am not willing to let the people who would use force and murder and rape and threats of rape and theft and and threats to control a society. I, I'm not willing to let it happen. I'm not going to murder people, but I will defend people with my life. And no greater love has man than to lay down his life for his brother or his neighbor. And so they're willing to do that. Or you get cops like we had in Uvalde. What's unfolded in Uvalde is not just lawlessness. In that case, you had a desperately, desperately ill young man who was doing everything but saying, I am desperately ill. Who was doing everything but saying, I am so troubled, I don't know what else to do. I'm trying to signal in every possible way, I'm a mess. I need someone to step in. Here, if it's helpful, I'll start cutting myself on my face. I'll stick a knife in my cheeks. I'll go out and challenge strangers to fight me. I'll post on TikTok. Oh, you'll know my name one day. Oh, you're not good. You're going to want to save this post one day. Me and my guns. Worshiping his guns as idols. Because he was never given the opportunity to worship God. Well, that's not true. He was given the opportunity, but it was never discipled. Lawlessness at that point is extending into a full attitude of, well, it's just some teen stabbing himself in the face. Why pay attention to this? So when he finally goes through with the ultimate step to ultimately get attention, to ultimately get the notoriety he, he, he craves because he understands that he is an insignificant person in his mind because he doesn't understand that significance in an honest sense, well, not in an honest sense, but significance in a sense of being one with God and aware with God, that isn't a Christian sense, not in a Hindu sense. Um, it, you're, you're significant because God loved you before you were formed. God formed you in the womb and therefore loved you. That's significance that can't be matched by anything else. But he was never given this. So he's seeking the, the significance of the world. And he's seeking significance of the world in a lawless world. In a world that doesn't teach compassion, doesn't feature compassion. And in certainly his case, I don't know how much compassion he ever experienced. So he gets to this point and he goes in the shooting. And the stream, Timothy Furnish at the stream has a, a, a painful and detailed write-up. If you can't bring yourself to watch the full video of 370-some personnel hiding as a, as a teen murdered 17 children and two teachers. This is part of the write-up. On May 24, 2022, a very troubled teenager, I'm not going to name his name because I don't name the names of mass killers, entered Robb Elementary School in the South Central Texas town and proceeded to kill 19 people, 17 children and two teachers, and wound another 17. For an hour and 14 minutes, he remained at large despite a literal army of law enforcement totaling two, probably 376 personnel in and around the school. 
The Evaldi City Fathers tried to spin their inaction as heroic early on, but the full video of the fiasco and the official report released by the Texas legislature says otherwise. And he goes through and timestamps the video. And this is how he wraps up the timestamping of the events within the video. Again, this is from the stream. There's a link in the show notes. Finally, at 52 minutes and 49 seconds, three more shots ring out and the massive armed men do nothing. Just over an hour into the feed at 1230, we see a sheriff avail himself of the hand sanitizing dispenser on the wall. Although, to be fair, he was not even armed. About the same time, the cop had been shown on his cell phone says she's not responding. Presumably, his wife was the officer whose wife was a teacher in the school. God rest her. At an hour and nine minutes in, a National Guard soldier appears with a, a, a beret, an MRAD sniper rifle. This, the U.S. military's state-of-the-art weapon for taking out enemies at a distance. So why is he in the school hallway with it? Finally, one hour and 21 minutes into the video feed, we hear shots, shouts and gunshots as several BORTAC personnel enter and kill the murderer. An hour and 18 minutes after he first opened fire, an hour and 16 minutes after he entered Robb Elementary School and began slaughtering people. When you have a lawless society, when you display the lawlessness, when you have feckless government that exists to enrich itself and fatten itself, when you have poseurs at the top of government, when you have social justice warriors seeking nothing but um, feel-good notoriety, when you have these dynamics, you then hire cops into these dynamics who will quite, quite reasonably think, why on earth should I do anything? What's, what's my expectation here? Look, man, I'm here for the retirement. I'm here for this civil service gig. That's one aspect. Another aspect is godlessness. I'm not giving my life up for those kids, for all of them. Another aspect is cowardice. Because the hiring profile changed. It's just government work. And with all due respect to a lot of great government workers, my mom was one. My dad was one. My uncle was a solid cop. There's people in this audience who are a thousand times more man than I am. And they take up arms on a daily basis and many of them are retired and they took up arms and they're government people, but there's been a change in the hiring profile. There's been a change in the modeling. After all, Government just exists to drain citizens. These aren't servants. They're to be served. Their job is to go around and check and make sure you're wearing a woke mask. That's their job, to bully. <laughs> Certainly not to put their lives at risk. 
Well, that's the way the profile changes. And so you'll get into the separate countries of Seattle where you are, or Portland or Los Angeles and Gavin Newsom just doesn't know enough about the DA. Well, you'll have now good cops saying, yeah, I'm not going in. But do you have good cops being honest saying, you think I am going to go pull a gun on a BIPOC? Because it doesn't matter if I'm right. It doesn't matter. I'm in the jackpot. They're going to come at me. And even if I'm cleared by a civilian review board, then it's going to be a civil case. Then they're going to be outside my house. Then you'll have the Mockingbird media, all of their offices protected by armed guards, all of them. Their reporters in the streets have guards backing them up, thank God. Or, or a woman I worked with may well have been dead had she not been backed up by a former special forces guy. And, and he's a man in full. So this little experiment on lawlessness, it turns out that people don't like being stabbed and they don't like being shot. They don't like uh, fearing for these things. And so they're fleeing the, the, the states, the communist states where this has this is festered, but it's also now festering in small towns like Uvalde, Texas. And the people who are fleeing, they'll flee and say, well, I, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the red states and be safe, but I'm not going to change my views on the social issues because on the social issues, I, I stand with tolerance. Well, we'll continue to explore the multiple ways things like this can end. And it's not just cowardice. It is the government preventing people from using their God-given rights. We'll do a contrast and compare. And this is something from the past. And the younger, younger listeners, you'll have not heard this. It's a chilling bit of testimony. It's very, very important to understand. Someone said the other day, you don't sound super happy about the T-shirts. Uh, you sound like you're apologizing for, for giving us the opportunity to buy the T-shirts. Yeah, I guess that's right. It's a, I feel uncomfortable. I'll be honest with you. We have great partners here, like, you know, Soda Weight Loss Partner of the Week. We've got great partners. You know, we've enjoyed the partnership with Bone Frog and, and Allen's Artisan Soaps. And, and we so we've got all that. I guess what I'm saying, hey, we made T-shirts with the show's name on them and we want you to buy them. Yeah, it's a little embarrassing. And I've had family members say, why? They're cool. And got listeners looking at him. I got a note from a guy who says, Todd, stop apologizing. Stop explaining the price of the T-shirts. We'll buy them if we want them. I bought five of them. I think they're awesome. I bought five. My wife wants one, so now it's going to be six. So I, I, I guess the tone comes through on this. But here's the deal with the shirts. Um, it's a compromise. It really is. My team wanted the name of the show straight up front. It's, it's, not, it's never going to happen. There will never be merchandise where my name is bigger than something about the Lord. So the front of the shirt's the lion and the other shirt has the lion and the cross. I love the phrase, the only knee we take is to the Lord because that's not, that's not a biblical phrase. The only knee we take is to the Lord. It's, and to my knowledge, that's not in scripture, but it says it all particularly in this society. You wear that shirt. It's a conversation starter. What do you mean the only knee you take is to the Lord? Oh, well, I will not take the knee to social justice warriors. I'll not take the knee to gender jackers. I'll not take the knee to Lord Fauci. I'll not take the knee to the, to the Biden regime. I'll not take the knee to the NFL. I'll not take the knee to money or sex or greed. The only time I get on my knees is to God Almighty. And that's who this is represented. This is the Lion of Judah, and you see the cross of Christ. And that's what the point is. And then people say, where'd you get the T-shirt? Well, now we can talk about the show. 
and the, the shirts that way. So am I embarrassed by the shirts? No, not by a long shot. I find it uncomfortable to ask people to purchase something that we made. That's weird because you guys download the show. So I don't know. This is a personality effect. You know what I think I should do is probably just take this up in therapy instead of bothering you with it. You get the t-shirts at the toddhermanshow.com slash store. I am. I'm going to note this for my therapist. Why do I have any issue with this? It's free commerce. It's a great conversation starter. Plus, people have been demanding the shirts. Give us the shirts. You got the shirts. The toddhermanshow.com. Just hit the store link right up top. So I had guns for years. Um, I grew up around guns. My dad owned a lot of guns. One of our great, uh, one of the great memories I have as a kid was, and I've told you about this, is looking at my dad's guns with him. He'd take me into the bedroom and lay out the rifles and and, and the, uh, the handguns. And he'd talk to me about the purpose of each gun and where it came from. And so many of his weapons were inherited. And so there was a lot of history with those weapons. I still have some of them. He was burgled. And, and, and a bunch of these great weapons were stolen, including a Winchester original 25, 35 over under, oh, love that gun. But we would sit and talk about him and he would lay out the rules. You never, you never touch my guns without me here or you'll never see him again. And I learned all the, the safety rules. So I grew up with them. I had them in the house, but I never carried. And you know what I carried? When you know what I started carrying is when I became a dad and here's what happened. A family went to Christmas Eve dinner. And it was in Black Diamond, Washington, which is just south of Seattle. Now, picture this. This is nighttime. You know, it gets dark early. And they drive up to Grandma and Grandpa's house. And they pull in. And the kids, I just imagined them. Um, I think there were two or three kids. I think it was two. Run inside. Because grandma and grandpa and, and grandma's going to have cookies and, and grandpa's going to be funny and, and they run in and then the adults come in and people are being held at gunpoint. Because the sister and the meth head boyfriend in the lawless area of Seattle, where meth is as easy to get as, as a mega hat in North Idaho. They're cracked out of their gourds. And they owed money to the parents. And so the solution was they're going to kill everybody. And the auntie, the, the aunt with the gun, after the kids saw uh, grandma and grandpa murdered and, and, and mom and dad murdered. The aunt sat the kids down in the kitchen and apologized to them and said, I can't do this to you. So I'm going to have my boyfriend do it. I can't hurt you. I'm really sorry, kids. I'm so sorry. I, I, I can't do this to you, but my boyfriend can. And he did. And he did. And the inherent question in this is, where was God? Right there. Watching all of it. And those people who were murdered knew the Lord, and they went instantly into the hands of Christ Jesus. Instantly. In my mind. 
in my understanding of the faith. He also watched the murderers who were allowed then to get into trial and say, well, man, I'm, I'm really messed up on drugs. And there was a debate. There was a debate. Now, we're not to murder. Uh, but we do get to protect. And we can pray with you right up to the time you're executed. And we can pray with you and, and hope that you will accept the gift of redemption, that the miracle, it's tough to handle, but God gave it to the Apostle Paul. When the Apostle Paul died and ultimately went to heaven, he met people that he had arranged to have murdered and they celebrated with him. So God loves people in that regard. But it was that moment that I decided to carry. Why? Because if you're not safe walking into your grandma, grandpa's house, and I made this decision with my little girl, I never want to be in the position where I turn to her and say, I'm sorry, I have to let this person kill you because I choose not to carry a tool with me. I, I choose to not have a tool to defend you. So I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to let him murder you. Strange calculus. Now, in that part of the world, a fallen part of the world, most people don't carry guns unless they're criminal. And then they're deeply, they're, they're heavily armed. You go into the, the homeless camps over there, the truly anarchist camps, and, and they're armed to the teeth. And they're hard people. It's like, it's like a prison, prison yard at San Quentin, those yards. And they'll use them on you. So it was at that point that I decided to start to carry See, because there are multiple ways stories like this can end. God gave us life in that womb when we were designed. And he knew what we'd be like before we were ever, ever, ever flesh and blood. Your names, number of hairs on our head. And that moment, that light we talked about. My friend that shared with me the translation of let there be light, which is God saying, light be. That moment when the sperm and the egg come together and there's that light, there's God saying, here is a gift. You get to steward this gift. I'm giving it to you. If someone else comes along and steals it, it's not, quote, just murder. It's stealing from God. So there's multiple ways that this can end. A woman walked into a cafe in Texas before Texas got his head together on concealed carry. I didn't grow up in a house with guns. I don't hunt. I personally abhor hunting. But I was given a gun by a friend when I was 21 to carry in my purse for self-defense, and I was taught how to use it. A couple of years ago, my parents and I went to a cafeteria in Texas on a bright, sunny day. We weren't in a dark alley where we weren't supposed to be. And as you all know the story, this madman drove his truck through the window, and he began shooting. Well, immediately, my father and I got down on the floor and put the table up in front of us. And this guy kept shooting. And you're thinking, what, you know, what could it be? Is it, is it a robbery? That's the first thing that generally comes to mind. And he keeps shooting. It took me a good 45 seconds to realize that this man wasn't there to commit a robbery. He wasn't there for a hit. He was there to simply shoot as many people as he possibly could. Now, I'd like to make something clear. I hear all this talk about how many bullets can go in a clip. I've been there. I can tell you it doesn't matter. 
It takes one second to switch out a clip. You can have one bullet or a hundred bullets. It doesn't matter, guys. I've been there. He goes, dump, dump. Just like that. That's not enough time to rush a man. I promise you. When I finally realized what was occurring, I thought, I got him. And I reached for my purse. He was maybe 12 feet away. You know, is it possible my gun could have jammed? Sure. Is it possible I could have missed? Sure. But I can tell you I've hit much smaller targets at much greater distances. But then I realized that a couple of months earlier I had made the stupidest decision of my life. I took my gun out of my purse and left it in my car. Because as you well know, in the state of Texas, it's sometimes a felony offense to carry a gun in your purse. I can tell you that I'm not mad at the guy that did this. As he continued, it was obvious that he was a madman. My father at that point said, I'm gonna, I, I've got to do something. I've got to do something. He's going to kill everybody in here. And he rushed the man. No way. This guy turned, shot him in the chest. He went down, uh, was obviously mortally wounded. For whatever reason, that made the man change directions and go off to my left. Shortly thereafter, someone at the back of the restaurant broke out a window. When I saw what looked like an opportunity to escape, I turned around and I grabbed my mother by the shirt and I said, come on, come on, we've got to run, we've got to get out of here. And then my feet grew wings and I was out the back window. As soon as I got out, I realized that my mother had not followed me out. And as I learned from the police officers, she had crawled over to where my father was and cradled him until the guy got back around her, put the gun to her head. She looked up at him, put her head down, and he pulled the trigger. My parents had just had their 47th wedding anniversary. She wasn't going anywhere. As I mentioned, I'm not really mad at the guy that did this, and I'm certainly not mad at the guns that did this. They didn't walk in there by themselves and pull their own triggers. The guy that did it was a, a, a lunatic. That's like being mad at a, a rabid dog. I'm mad at my legislators for legislating me out of the right to protect myself and my family. I would much rather be sitting in jail with a felony offense on my head and have my parents alive. Susanna Hopp is her name. She became an elected representative after that. And she's not alone in these circumstances. There's no such thing as anarchy. There's such a thing as a civil or an uncivil society. And it's not just in the area of shootings and self-defense. There's so much, uh, honestly, that we just have to remember uh, God is in control. We just have to remember that. And for me, that's very, very helpful. God is in control. Uh, we could uh, have this illusion of all our money. Or we can remember that the money that we have comes through the blessings of the Lord. It's modern manna from heaven in a way. It's our economy. And yeah, you know what? When you don't have real enforcement of rules in the financial system, you'll end up with a black rock and you'll end up with a vanguard and you'll end up with a corrupt treasury. You'll, that'll, that'll happen. And God still wants us to steward our resources wisely. The resources he loans us while we're here. In fact, the Bible is very clear on this. So we seek out partners in this. Now, you'll never see, you go to the website, Bulwark Capital Management's website, knowyourriskradio.com. You're never going to see them advertising, hey, we're Christian financial people, because if anyone ever tells you that, man, run away. 
Because if someone is using Jesus's name to sell you financial services, please, please run away. Uh, it's just a terrible signal in my mind. So Bulwark Capital Management, it treats this very much as stewardship. And they focus down on this, this, this technique of risk management. Their risk management strategies is, in my mind, what's made them so successful. Zach Abraham and his wife, his, his wife is the chief operating officer of the company. And they're very honest. For the past 10 years, Zach has been warning people about, you're going to see huge inflation. We're in a zero interest rate society. We've got people handing out gifts to one another. And with this sort of stuff and ESG and all of the new ways to, to, to move money, you think the old 60-40 stock bond mix works? Mm, don't think so. So if you're in that window where it's five to 10 years before you retire, think about the things you can control like the partnerships you have in your life. My suggestion, do what I've done and partner with Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management. The website is knowyourriskradio.com. That's it because he also has a great radio show. Best way though, get started, call him 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. So it's not just Susanna Hopp who had to go through something as horrific as that. It's happened when government has stepped in and prevented people from using their God-given rights. My name is Lucretia Hughes-Klukin. I have four children and nine grandchildren. On the night of April the 2nd, 2016, my family got a phone call that would change our lives forever. My ex-husband answered the phone and let out a blood-curdling scream, a scream of pain from the depths of his soul. He screamed, he cried, he's gone, he is gone. Our 19-year-old son, Emmanuel, went to a party early that night. After we got the call, we was frantic. We called his phone, no one answered. We called even the police. I went to Facebook and I had to ask, is my son dead? I found out that he was shot point blank in the head and killed while playing dominoes. No one spoke up for weeks and the killer was on the run. No one was going to snitch, but that is the street life. Words can't describe how hard it is to bury a child. I ache for anyone and all who have done the same. My son's death was a result of a criminal with an evil heart and a justice system failing to hold him accountable for the laws he had already broken. You see, a convicted felon killed my son with an illegally obtained gun. Our gun control lobbyists and politicians claim that their policies will save lives and reduce violence. Well, those policies did not save my son. No, they didn't. And yet we're given life. Remember, we just talked about stewardship financially. We're given life to steward. We're not to murder, but we're also to protect the least of these. And I'll be honest with you, I am not mature enough in doctrine and Bible study to understand the just war doctrine. Maybe you are. 
But the Apostle Paul also tells us that there is natural law within us, that we know right from wrong. Even before we meet the Lord Jesus, it is wrong to walk into a cafe and, and steal from God, steal God's lives, to harm people and hurt them and scare them and terrorize them. That's wrong. It's evil, and it comes from the father of evil. And to stop that evil is not wrong. It is right. If there's a good chance that a person who is so, so taken by evil is going to do it again, given the opportunity, then you have the, the, the moral duty to prevent that in some way. You get to pray with the person. You, in fact, you must pray with the person. You must pray for the person. You must forgive the person seven times, 77 times, and then 77 more. You got to do it. That's, that's the rules. It doesn't say that you say it's okay or I like you. Love is different from like. It's an active, it's an active set of things you do in the Christian sense. Likewise with the border. Likewise. And I'm not connecting the shooting at the cafe to the border. I'm connecting a society that turns its back on the rule of law and pretends people will not rush in. <laughs> We've set up an election system. Where we're not, we're, we're not going to prevent illegal immigrants from getting everything but a ticket to come and vote. And in, in municipalities in the East Coast, they're saying, yeah, you can vote in our city elections. You can vote in our county elections. And we're to pretend, oh, this isn't going to make it into mainstream voting. It's not going to make it into statewide voting. Of course it is. And that's the design. It goes back to the three-layer cake metaphor. Smart, scheming, evil people on the top. Supplicants like AOC in the bottom. And the American society being squeezed in the middle. It's the three-layer cake of evil. And evil supplicants and people trying to live their lives. Um, this is from Fox News. 207,000 migrants, by that they mean illegal immigrants. I say that because it's illegal to cross there. Your Migrants go through checkpoints, legal checkpoints. They're not migrants, Fox News. They're illegal immigrants. Fox is, is treading very closely to becoming a mockingbird. They're mooting their news department. They use the made-up word transgender woman all the time. Migrants, There's, this not, those aren't migrants. Those are illegal immigrants. How do we know? Because they're doing it illegally. Over 207,000 illegal immigrant encounters at the southern border in June, June of 2020-22. June, one month. You don't enforce your border. Anyone will come in. And I use this metaphor all the time because it was, it was shocking to me. I have, in, in my life, I gave... Two house parties, two. One was at a late cabin. It was for graduation. I played by the rules. I seized people's car keys. No one drove. If you came and you drank, your car keys stayed with me. You spent the night. There were people sleeping in the yard. I played by those rules. There was one keg of beer. There were no fires. We kicked one guy out who showed up because he didn't go to our school and he was known to be a pothead. And, and I know there's people who smoke dope, but this guy was bad news. And I had to go tell him, you can't come. You're out. Goodbye. We'll help you out if you need be. But he left peacefully. The other house party I threw was at my mom's house. I don't know why I thought this was a good idea. She was gone looking at colleges with my sister, who's a better person than me to this day. They're out looking at colleges. We had this big party going on. 
And okay, there's there's young girls there, young boys or young men, young women there. And I remember that time I looked into my living room and there were three guys I didn't know. And I said, who are they? Oh, I don't know. They just showed up. And one of them was smoking and dropped a cigarette on my, on my mom's carpet. And I got there in time before it burned the carpet and got some friends and we kicked them out. We'd lost control of the house. We're lost control of our borders. Those guys walked in because they could. These people are walking in because they can. How do we like the experiment? You can say what you want about Donald John Trump. <laughs> but... Donald John Trump said things in, in ways that are sometimes super, super hard to hear. And sometimes you listen to this and go, how does anyone not find this like both terrorizing and absolutely hilarious? And I am not a politics and popcorn guy. This is a throwback back to Donnie Lemon when Donnie Lemon used to have um, President Trump in the campaign prior to being president on the program. This is this is classic. Actually, I say. The illegal immigrants. You look at the statistics on rape, on crime, on everything coming in illegally into this country. They're mind boggling. If you go to Fusion, you will see a story about 80 percent of the women coming in. I mean, you have to take a look at these stories. And you know who owns Fusion? Univision. Yeah. And it was in the Huffington Post. I said, let me get some of these articles because I've heard some horrible things. I I deal a lot of talking with people on the border patrols. Yeah. They're incredible people. I want to get some, our country. I want to get some, and I want to get some clarification. No, but Don, all you have to do is go to fusion and pick up the stories on rape. And it's unbelievable when you look at what's going on. So all I'm doing is telling the truth. I read the, I read the Washington post. I read the fusion. I read the Huffington post and that that's about women being raped. It's not about criminals coming across the border or entering the country. Well, somebody's doing the raping, Don. I mean, you know, it, it's, I mean, somebody's <laughs> doing the, you think it's women being raped. Well, who's doing the raping? Mm -hmm. Who's doing the raping? Yeah. I mean, how can you say such a thing? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a, it's a, it's a morbid and, and a horrifying topic. <laughs> but the question, well, who's doing that? And, and keep in mind, I mean, you know, DJT was talking to President Trump was talking to a guy who asked a question. Um, could black holes be causing global warming? No. They're not in our atmosphere. Did a black hole take the airplane that disappeared? No, it's those dumb. That's not in our atmosphere. The black holes favor black Dom, they're not in our atmosphere. Oh. Did you say that because you're a black hole? Got it. So it's not just in the shootings, it's, it's the border, but the border relates completely to elections. We've got to know this. When you choose to allow a scrambled mess of elections and, and there is, we'll do this tomorrow. Let's, let's say I have it sitting here. Um, there is a great resource on 21 ways that the elections were absolutely, absolutely destroyed in terms of credibility. Um, this comes from just the news, John Solomon. I, I got to get back with John and have him on the program. I met him in DC and I couldn't, I could not figure out his politics. He was still at that point with the AP, but was thinking of starting something independent. Oh, here it is. And, you know, illegal ballot drop boxes, foreign intrusion, the laptop lie, alleged bribery, illegal ballot harvesting in Wisconsin, ballot harvesting probe in the in the peach state, 
Bad voter signatures, 50,000 Arizona ballots called into question, foreign voters found on Texas rolls, foreign voters found on Georgia rolls, more non-citizen voters, election machine vulnerabilities, ballot chain of custody issues, Fulton County irregularities, errant vote counting, dirty voter rolls, illegal exemptions from voter ID, uneven enforcement of election laws, more illegal harvesting, voter fraud in Michigan, still more nursing home fraud in, in, in Wisconsin. It's a great list, and, and it's like my COVID truth sheet. It doesn't matter. Because when you want to hide fraud, you create these messes. And the theory that, that there's going to be anarchy, well, no, there's going to be a period of time like we have now. And that period of time is we have a mess. We have a fight for control. That's what you're watching. And the remarkable thing of what the Democrats are doing, the leftist portion of the party, with incidentally full and complete permission of Mitchell McConnell. Uh, I told you that's a social issue. Uh, we, we can't we can't afford have, have American people uh, doubt this election system uh, and not come in elections. That's that's an orange man thing. Uh, we, we can't afford that because uh, we, you know what we need to worry about is chickens in the pot. I keep telling you, Herman, it's chickens in the pot. Thanks, Mitch. What you end up with is a fight for control of the electoral system because there is no actual punishment. There's no actual enforcement of the law. So you have smart, scheming people like Mark Zuckerberg, who's smart and scheming and rich like you can't believe, saying, wow, we can do that. Guys, there is, there's a question you ask your lawyers. And the question goes like this, particularly at the levels of Facebook or Microsoft. The question is like this, what would make it legal? How do we do this legally? What do you want to do? I want to rig an election. Well, that's illegal. How do we make it legal? I want, I will not stand by with my, you know, $40 billion and let orange man disrupt our plans to force everybody to get injected with the mRNA injections so we can, we can move transhumanism forward. I'm not going to do it. How do I make it legal? Well, let's look at the election laws and go through and find every single hole in the election laws. And let's fill those holes. Well, we know Dinesh D'Souza goes to prison for giving $30,000 too much. Zuckerberg gives half a billion dollars in unregistered campaign donations to the Democrats. And it's fine because they made it legal. And on the topic of, do they know that this is a bad idea? Do they know that we shouldn't be doing this to the cities? <laughs> well, let's ask the so-called mayor of Washington, D.C. The uh, Washington Post reported last week that homeless shelters in D.C. were filling up. Um, and groups are getting overwhelmed by these buses that the governors of Texas and, and Arizona are sending here full of migrants. How significant is this influx? How many people? Well, this is a very significant issue. Um, we have for sure called on the federal government uh, to work across state lines to prevent um, people from really being tricked uh, into getting on buses. Uh, we, we think they're largely asylum seekers uh, who are going to final destinations that are not Washington, D.C. Uh, I worked uh, with the White House to make sure that FEMA provided a grant to a local organization um, that is providing services to folks. Um, but I fear that they're being uh, tricked into nationwide um, bus trips when their final destinations are places all over the United States of America. 
They're being tricked. The illegal immigrants are being tricked, but not. she's not worried about tricking states by secreting these people into the states <laughs> using private jets. <laughs> and, oh, it's not taxpayer money. These are private organizations doing this, right? Private organizations funded by taxpayer dollars. <laughs> it's called the cutout organization. <laughs> she's not concerned about that, but don't bring them here. Don't bring him here. What are you doing? Hey, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't hand me the money. What are you doing? You you give the money to the girls. I don't have the money. You give the money to the girls, man. Don't bring me the money. Do that in front of everybody. It's remarkable. Now, God abhors chaos. Satan loves it. God abhors lies. Satan loves it. Then somewhere in the middle, there are men. And somewhere in the middle, there is an opportunity to do something. Uh, Ron DeSantis is building up a massive collection of campaign ads, which are nothing more than things he's done. This is a brilliant brilliant strategy. Who's ever running the campaign stuff for DeSantis is super smart because they're watching as they place these videos on the social media, which of them do particularly well. They're putting music behind them for a very important reason because it's harder for people to take them and doctor what DeSantis says to make it seem he's saying something else. Super smart move. Also lets them track where it comes from. Okay, this is our video that's been ripped and reused and resourced. So then they can go back and, and they, can, they can audio print that to say, okay, this video that we took, it was retweeted, reposted, retruthed these number of times, but then it was taken offline uh, or it was ripped and used in podcasts or, you know, in, in YouTube videos. DeSantis on Zuckbucks. We are creating for the first time ever uh, in state government an office of election crimes and security to be able to prosecute voter fraud. This bill now requires them to clean their voting rolls every year. And so I think it's important. You're getting an absentee ballot. That means make sure that's your ballot. You, know, you go in to vote, and in, in the process, you show your ID to be able to get in the polling place. You want to make sure the same for the mail. If you ballot harvest in the state of Florida, this is now a third-degree felony that you could be hit with. And so what some of these uh, elections offices were doing around the country is saying, okay, you can't do that. We're going to take Zuckerbucks for legal expenses or all these other things. So we've expanded it like no way. There's not going to be any nook and cranny. You are not getting sucker bucks in any of this stuff. It's great news. Add one thing to that, Governor. And any attempt to subvert or circumvent the laws at jail sentence. Love that. Email from Tom. Hey, Todd, love both your shows today as always. What can we do? He says, we in quotes. What can we do to change things? Third party? At least something like the Tea Party? The Tea Party pressure at least temporarily moved the Republicans to the right? We all know 100% of the Democrats are members of the party and 98% of Republicans. 
How do we stop it? I love Donald Trump, but he endorsed Dr. Oz and Kevin McCarthy. What is he thinking? You're right. The professional Republicans are completely feckless and pathetic. This is this goes for locally as well as nationally. I guess this is just a rant coupled with appreciation for you. Maybe I should just relax and trust the plan as X-22 says, LOL. Thanks again, Tom from Ellensburg. Um, hey, I get I get to know. Thank you for the appreciation of the show. Well, who's who who ultimately pulls us out of this? Can we rescue ourselves? Let's go back to the basics. Are we electing godly people? Are we ourselves living godly lives? Are we teaching our children what it is to follow God's word? Are we teaching them God's word, what it is to follow it? Are we planting them into a community of Christians? Are we discipling them? Are we discipling others? Are we within our community speaking God's word as relates to what the government is doing? Are we honestly able to say, well, you know what? That violates God's law, so I'm not doing that. I think that the Lord can send all, well, I don't think, the Lord can send all sorts of help. Just look what he did for the, you know, the, the Hebrews who became the Jewish people leaving Egypt. Oh, the Egyptian army's chasing us. God's like, yeah, watch this. Watch this. Guys, watch. Watch this. Walk through the ocean. No, do it. Walk through the sea. Watch. Watch. Now stand there. Watch this. Watch. Oh, the, the army's coming. It's God's saying, wait, 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 wait. Watch, 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 watch. Washed away. And then the Jewish people get into the desert. We're hungry. We hate you, Moses. You're mean. Moses says, please, can you do something with these people? And God says, all right, here's manna. Here's some rules about when you eat it. God can come into our circumstance as well, but I believe he is, Tom. I believe the distrust in media People, 11% of people trust the so-called traditional media. They're looking for truth tellers. Will we be the truth tellers? The millennials are dropping out of politics. They're dropping out of voting. They're dropping out of society. They're dropping out of believing things. They're seeking truth. Will we reach out to them? We will become missionaries in even 5% of our time. You want to see the revolution in America spend 5% of our time being missionaries for Christ. That will change things. When we talk to elected officials, let's start with a level set. You've heard me have them on the program and some of them get very uncomfortable. My question, who is Jesus Christ? Follow-up questions you've heard on the program. Now look, we can have partnerships with people who are not of the faith. My preference is people who are of the faith. That's my preference. Certainly we can partner with people who aren't yet of the faith and hopes that they come to that on issues of governance. If we have the same ends, hopefully one day we'll get to the same reason for those ends, but we can partner with people on anti-corruption stuff, etc. But let's look at what we're really talking about. Our enemy, the longer we focus on flesh and blood issues, the more the enemy loves it. Our battle is not with flesh and blood. It is with princes and principalities and spirits. If we do these things, I believe that the political stuff is going to get a lot easier because I think God might come in and go, okay, okay. I'll change some things for you. Watch this, you guys. Watch this. Watch what I'm going to reveal. Oh, this is going to change things. I'm so glad you guys are back on the team. Welcome back to the family. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and go and make 
disciples.